Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Miss Kamei Show. I am your host, Miss Kamei, and we are coming to you live today from the entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada. And today we have all things sparkly, all things shiny. We have all the sequins. We have all the glitter, all the gold today with our special exclusive interview with the amazing, fabulous queen of all queens around the nation, Miss Nanette Weeks herself. Welcome to the show, Miss Nanette. Oh, thank you, Kame. How are you today? <laughs> well, I'm I'm ready to get all sparkly and shimmery today in this interview with you. Um, Look, I'm, I need to pay you to do all of my introductions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, pageantry has done well for me, right? Yes. <laughs> pageantry yes, has done yes. well for me. Um, I'm so excited uh, for our interview today. Uh, I want to tell our audience a little bit about you, who you are, um, and how we know each other, how we came to be Rhinestone Sisters. And then uh, the topic of our conversation today is peace, our own personal peace and the power uh, behind that. And this stems from a Facebook post that you made a couple of weeks ago about the topic. So yes. for mm -hmm. those, for those who don't know, um, Miss Nanette, we call her Mama Nanette in the pageant world. She is a, a mother to many. Um, she is a, a counselor. She's a, a, a guidance and a leader for all of us and so many women. She has a pageant resume that is about as long as the Las Vegas Strip itself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she is the co-owner and the executive producer of the Miss Plus World Pageant. Uh, she's a five-time published author. She's also working on a, another writing that we'll get to a little bit more in our uh, interview. Uh, she has been in pageantry for decades. She's held numerous local, state, and national titles, including, but not limited to, Miss Black Teenage New York, Miss Single New York, Miss Greater New York, USA, Mrs. Roosevelt, America, Suffolk County, America. Okay, I'm going to continue. We're not done yet. Miss Manhattan, <laughs> USA, Miss Plus America Woman, Miss American Elegance Lady, and Miss U.S. Sophisticate Classic Woman. Not to mention the the, the pageant that you are uh, that you co-own and that you produce. Miss Plus World, along with Constance Zenner. We love our Constance. Yes, um, we do. Hey, yes. C. She is amazing. Such an amazing, amazing contribution uh, to the pageant world. So talk to us a little bit about your pageant journey. I mean, the titles that you hold are endless. Um, the decades of experience that you have uh, reigning in, in pageantry. Um, talk to us about that. Did you start in mainstream pageantry? Has it always been plus size pageantry? Where did you really start? Mentally, I started with the Miss America system. When I was a little girl in the late 60s and the early 70s, I watched it on television. It was an event for me. And right away, I noticed that I did not see any ladies who looked like me. Mm. And I said, I want to be a Miss America. And so that began the pageant journey. So I'm going to fast forward and say when I was 15 years old, I was approached by someone and, and I was told, 
you have a pageant walk. You should compete in pageants. Now that was just up my alley. Yeah. And so I ended up entering the Miss Black Teenage New York pageant. That was my first year that I entered. I was second runner up, very, very encouraged. I went back the next year. I won my New York title and I was a finalist at the national competition. Okay. And so that was the beginning of my journey. I ended up, I competed in the Miss Black America system for New York. And my goal was Miss America. Okay. So, but ultimately I ended up entering the Miss USA system first. Okay. And uh, found my way to the Miss America system. And after that, I moved to Texas and became quite fond of fajitas and beans and rice. And <laughs> <laughs> I became a plus size woman and okay. uh, a pageant coach approached me and said, you could compete. To be honest, I thought that he was insulting me because okay. I had never heard came of plus size pageants. Mm -hmm. And so I said, right, like I'm really now going to stand on the stage with sizes zero, two, and four. And he said, no, 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 there are plus size pageants. And that began my plus size pageant journey. Wow. So when you say that it kind of insulted you a little bit, um, mm -hmm. you know, talk to us about the difference in competing in mainstream pageantry versus plus size pageantry, because, you know, those of you who are involved in pageantry, who are competing in pageantry or follow pageantry, there is a definite difference, um, in mainstream pageantry and plus size pageantry, um, how they're covered in the media, um, how they're, you know, covered on television, um, and although plus size pageantry has really evolved probably since the 1960s, when you originally started your pageant competition, um, it's very different now. And we have phenomenal, amazing, amazing women in plus size pageantry who, who are doing amazing things, um, quite well aligned and comparable to mainstream pageantry. So what was the difference, if any, for you? The difference was, first, let me qualify and say, this is just my opinion. Okay. <laughs> is that the disclosure? Kind of like me, I'm not that, a lawyer. That is I'm a disclosure. <laughs> and, I, because, and I don't want anyone to be insulted by what I am saying, but I'm speaking from my experience yes. and my perception. Perception is reality. Yes. I feel that the competition is different. I, I feel that in the mainstream pageantry, when I began, it was all about the competition. That's what you were there for. You were there to try to win the crown. Mm -hmm. And it was highly, highly competitive. You weren't there to... Becoming friends and gaining friends was definitely a perk, but your primary focus was on competing and competing well. Okay. I find in plus size pageantry that the ladies seem to be overall in more need of validation sometimes. Mm -hmm. And they're there a lot more for the social aspect of it. And so as I transitioned into plus pageantry, even as a director, because mm -hmm. I was the Texas Plus America director for 10 years, 
Right. And then became the director for Miss Plus America for two. That wasn't a difficult adjustment for me. I had to make a paradigm shift because I wasn't accustomed to dealing with competitors whose sometimes immediate and foremost goal was to win. And so I'm highly competitive. And when I had my queens, I was pushing, I was pushing. We are going to go to national. Our job is to win. Yeah. And of course I did want them to have a great experience, but I was uh, maniacal about it almost. <laughs> I mean, I checked underwear, yes, rehearsal outfits, interview, everything that they wore. I wanted to know about and approve. And then I was very, very much a taskmaster when it came to the interview part of the competition because it was 50% right. based on interview. Which is half of the score. Right. Yes. So I had one queen one year. I love her to death. We got off on a little bit of a shaky start because she won and I did not feel that her interview was strong enough to get her where I needed her to be to compete effectively at national. And my job as her director was to make sure she was prepared. Yes, And I would give her some things to study. I would give her some journaling assignments and she ended up saying, well, the pageant isn't my life. And so, Mm. and why did she say that? (laughs) And I said, but you're not able to answer these questions. Do you understand that they are going to ask you questions about current events and philosophical questions? Well, yes, but I mean, I have a life. And I said, okay, that's fine. I can send your first runner up. Yeah. (laughs) I can prepare her because we are not going to go there looking like Willie Fufu. Yes. Yes. And it was two and a half weeks before national. Mm Mm-hmm. And so she thought about it and she said, Nanette, I don't want my first runner up to go. I earned this position. Right. So I'm ready to push. And she pushed, bless her heart. When we were at national, I went into her room one night and she had fallen asleep. Okay. She fell asleep with the Bible on one side and all of my questions on the other. (laughs) And that was the breakthrough. I so much fell in love with my daughter then. Yeah. But uh, she ended up winning the elite title. Oh, at nationals. At nationals. Yes. 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 Well, but it's, it's that aspect that sometimes I feel that the real desire to compete, compete is not as strong as I deal with ladies who are competing in plus size pageants. And then uh, something else that is different is that when you're looking at the Miss USA's, the Miss Americas, everyone is pretty much within the same size. Correct. When you are dealing with plus pageants, the ladies come in different heights, shapes, sizes, complexions, and geographic locations from different places, different countries, different states. Yes. Very different. And so it's not as easy. You can't just take a size two sample dress and say, here you go. And that's your opening number dress. Right. And so the the ladies don't have to work hard 
as hard at knowing what looks best on their bodies. Whereas when you're dealing with women of equity, yes, <laughs> there is a difference because of the shapes. There is a difference in how you have to select and wear your clothes. Yes. And so that can be an adjustment for ladies in plus size pageants that sometimes they don't understand that everything that looks good doesn't look good on you. Yes, yes, yeah. V- very great point you're making. Uh, you've been kind of branded, I, I, uh, and I, I use that term uh, very strategically. You've been branded as the queen maker. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, your, your company, which is called the Queen Maker, formerly uh, Pageants Unlimited Plus, um, you've produced coached, mentored, numerous finalists and title holders in several systems, um, including Miss USA, National American Miss, Plus America, All Words, All World Beauties. Shout out to Andrea Sledge out there, uh, the director for All World Beauties, USA National Miss, International Junior Miss, uh, Royal International Miss, and American Elegance. So several of those systems are actually mainstream pageant systems. Yes. And um, so talk to us a little bit about the queen maker. What, what, what does it take for, for, you know, somebody to become or to be made a queen as you've been branded? One thing that it takes, Kame, is humility. Because you have to understand, and, and particularly if you are a, a, a Christian, a follower of Christ, that there are people who are just as deserving as you. And whereas the goal is, of course, to win, you have to have the confidence to know that you have what it takes to be the winner, but the humility to understand that perhaps it's not your time. And if it's not your time, that doesn't mean that the other person was not deserving of that title. So that's something that begins on the inside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You have to be confident and wear it with a cloak of humility. Mm, Great way to explain that. Yes. Because it takes confidence on stage. It takes confidence in your interview. Uh, They want to see your personality. They want to see you come out there and own the stage, whether it's mainstream pageantry or plus size pageantry. It's yes. the same, the same concept, right? Exactly. Yeah. So but, go ahead. I'm sorry. But if you don't have a handle on your emotions, Kame, if you don't have the right uh, psychological mindset, if you don't have, if your spiritual core isn't strong, pageantry can destroy you. Because a a loss can be absolutely devastating. And I know because I've been there. Right. So I want to go back to that queen when when she said that, I told you, she said, well, the pageant isn't everything. I have a life outside of pageantry. There was a large element of truth to what she said. I was not negating that. Sure. I just needed her still to focus on preparing. Mm-hmm. But yes, there is life after pageantry. And just because you don't win doesn't mean that you are less than. It doesn't mean that you weren't worthy. It means you weren't your time. And yeah. you cannot be successful in pageantry, highly successful until you reach that point. And then you have to be willing to work. You, you can't have tough skin. 
Mm -hmm. Because if you are insulted when someone tells you something about yourself that you need to change, then you don't need to be in pageantry. Right. Right. Well, I know um, in my experience, you know, being being a competing delegate, um, you know, carrying or winning uh, an ambassador title, um, you know, earning a lifetime title, um, you know, and now with the Miss Plus World system, um, you know, being uh, the sponsorship liaison for for you and Constance, um, you, you have to come from, I mean, I think it really starts with humility, even before confidence, because I think sometimes if you show up with confidence first, uh, rather than humility, um, you know, pe- especially people who don't know you, uh, they can, they can confuse that confidence with conceit and arrogance. Absolutely. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. So great point. So talk to our audience a little bit about the competition itself. So I I have explained to people, to women that I've coached as well, that you you walk on stage, you walk in the door with a hundred points. You walk in a winner. Yes. You you walk in in a winner. Yes. And um, you'll keep your hundred points um, if the judges don't find any reason to deduct points from you. So this isn't about who was walked in the door before you or who walked on stage before you or who's coming on stage or coming in the door behind you. This it's is who about, you are. Yes, this mm-hmm. is about you. So, you know, as a pageant director, as a pageant coach, as a, dele- a competing delegate and a title holder yourself, talk to us a little bit about that and make people underst- you know, understand that concept. Well, judges are people. And so they're going to have their own opinions about your performance on the stage and during the interview. You have to go in and be yourself, but you you also have to understand that you won't necessarily be everyone's favorite. You're not, and judges, you have some judges who like the more classic look, You have some judges who prefer the more trendy performance on the stage. You have to be true to who you are, but there is also an an element of code switching. That's something I taught my students, that there are different sides to everyone. It doesn't mean you're being phony. It's just that you know what is appropriate in what setting. Yes. And, And so ladies on the stage need to be classy and you can mix classy and trendy. Correct. You can you can mix a trendy presentation with a classic presentation. If you are open to suggestions, you cannot walk in feeling like I know it all and right. no one's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do exactly what I want to do. Well, then why do you have a coach? Right. What's <laughs> the not, point? Or not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. What is the point? Right. right. And you have to be prepared to work if you, uh, for hours. Yes. So, and M- understand months, that, you, months, yes, days, hours, months, <laughs> months. And even when you arrive at the pageant, it's go, yes. go, 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 go. Yes. And you're you still might preparing. not be able to get that nine or 10 hours or eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And you still have to maintain your level of, of personality. You can't come in with the excuse, I'm, I'm rude. 
and I'm grumpy because I did not get any sleep. You are under a microscope 24 seven at that pageant. Yes. And then even when the pageant is over and you are at home, Mm-hmm. You are still under a microscope because you don't know who knows that you're carrying a local title or that you, you are competing. Right. And you have to be prepared to represent at a level of excellence at all times. Just because you're not on the stage doesn't mean that you can come outside with all of your bra straps showing and you don't have to wear your shapewear. Mm-hmm. And you look that I had some friends who said toe up from the flow up. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Right. There is a decorum that you must present and ask yourself this. If you were standing outside of yourself, would you see yourself as a queen? Would you see yourself as a leader? Do you have the heart to serve? Because being royalty doesn't mean that you are the only one who gets served. Right. As right. A, you have to know how to be a servant yourself. You have to know at times you, you must be quiet. You have to know that everyone does not have to accept your opinion. And so, Kame, a lot of being a delegate uh, deals with mental management. And that is something that I go through with my clients, the whole gamut of the mental management of competing Mm -hmm. and being a queen. Yeah. Because again, if they're not ready from the inside, it's not going to register on the outside. Right, right. Well, there is some queen maker coaching tips that we got just right there in that (laughs) that you shared. Um. I want to move right into our topic of conversation. Um, okay. You talk, you know, you talk about being mentally prepared, right? Yes. Having humility. And um, I think, you know, and we talk about competing and, and not winning, right? Yes. And not winning the crown. And I say not winning the crown because as you have shared, just because somebody doesn't win that crown. Just because somebody doesn't win that title does not mean that their journey ends there. It does not mean that they cannot, you know, that they stop their community involvement does not mean that their platform is no longer important to them. They can continue on carrying their, you know, their city title, their local title or their state title, you know, for their reign. And because that is a title that they've earned or that they have, have received and they can continue to follow, um, you know, what it is that they are truly in love with and passionate about peacefully and having peace around um, what they are really doing, the journey that they are walking. And as you said, they might not have won then, but they potentially will, they will win when it is their time to win. That's right. So we talk about, you know, this Facebook post that I came across and I want to read it for our audience. So in, in a Facebook post, you said, Nanette, I don't know how you feel, but peace is my most valuable asset. If any situation, decision, job, group, or person costs me my peace, the price is much too high. Those things will bankrupt my state of being. So 
you, and then you go on to say they are too expensive and toxic and you'll stay away from them. If you don't have a, a shield of peace around you, which I love the way that you frame that, if you don't have the shield of peace um, around you. So as a competing delegate, you know, we, we, we travel, you know, nationally or internationally to compete in a pageant. Yes. And, you know, speaking from my own experience, there, ha- there has to be a level of peace that you have even going into a competition so that you can be authentic so that you can be transparent be authentically who you are. So the judges can actually see that. And I yes. really believe without peace, without having personal peace and mental peace, um, you, you, you're not going to compete. Well, you're not going to present well, you're not going to show up well because you're rattled. So you, you said in this post, um, you know, great, great suggestions. If you don't have the shield of peace all around you, negative energy takes over your mind, body, and spirit. And that is an absolute accurate statement. Um, I, I will say, you know, tell you that, uh, my first year in competing in Miss plus world, uh, my husband and I were engaged at the time, I think, and I'm in Houston and my husband, you know, my husband is in Vegas And, you know, there was a little situation that presented itself and I'm in Mm -hmm. competition mode, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm competing and my coach, you know, traveled out and came out for the pageant and it was distraction. My peace was, um, you know, was, I I allowed my peace to be disrupted and Mm -hmm. it did take, you know, it consumed my mind. It consumed my mind, which is, you know, it starts in our spirit and our soul. And then, it, you know, manifests itself in our mind, our mind and our men- mentality and our physical uh, projections. Right. Yes. Um, if negative negativity, discord, doubt, fear, anxiety, confusion surround and engulf you. Do not compromise upon or sell your peace. Some things you just don't need. Your budget can't handle it. So talk to us about that um, and, and kind of how it relates to our exclusive interview today. We are sharing or you are sharing uh, publicly um, about uh, some life altering news that you received uh, yes. some time ago. And, um, you know, we've talked about that. And um, as it relates, you know, to your personal piece. Um, so, you know, in sharing and being transparent, Mom and Annette. Um, when, when you receive this, you know, life altering news, when you have a husband who's done something, um, you know, and it's disturbing your peace, um, how do, how do you become peaceful? How do you focus on your peace? How do you, you know, rely on your peace to get you through it? I get through it through my relationship with the Lord. Uh, and I don't know how else to put that. Mm-hmm. I, I got through it through faith, through a lot of prayer. And there are tenets to faith. You know, we hear all the time, oh, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, then mm-hmm. it will be okay. Have faith. Believe in what you don't see. Faith is in what you can't see. And You know what? Those are great words. Right. But it's not as easy to really make that peace manifest. 
And so there are some, there are some things that go along with faith and there are some tenets and those tenets are virtue, which is character. And it's, it's like the, the faith is a bridge. And then you have all of these things up under the bridge that help to support it. Okay. And, and so you have that part, you have the uh, knowing the word. There are some scriptures that lend themselves mm-hmm. to having faith. There are some things that you believe in. And even when you tell yourself, look, in the Bible, the very first words are in the beginning. In the beginning, right. God created the heavens and the earth. Well, guess what? We weren't here in the beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I often wonder, well, what do they mean exactly when they say faith is in what you can't see? And then when I heard the minister say that, that in the beginning, we weren't there, but yet we believe in God, that is faith. I finally was able to absorb having faith and looking beyond what you see. So I received some uh, news about health. And, and when was this? When was this? Th- it's Kamei, it has been uh, a year. Okay. Which is not a it lot was, of time. Well, it will be a year and two in about two weeks. Okay. Okay. I was just absolutely devastated. I was scared. I didn't know what was going to happen. I I was I felt sorry for myself, honestly. I said, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I cannot believe I just, I left Texas. Mm-hmm. I didn't have biological family in Texas, but I did have just the very supportive family of pageant daughters. Right. And my best friend was there and uh, my makeup artist was there <laughs> and, and I had moved to Georgia and I had some coven, some, I have some covens here, cousins, I'm sorry, but moved during the pandemic. (laughs) And I had a compromised immune system. So I had to be careful. So I didn't have people around me. I was in, in my apartment Mm -hmm. and there were times, and I'll tell you the, the can I had a cancer diagnosis stage four. Okay. And there were times that I could not, I just couldn't make it to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. The transporting myself was just too painful. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I had faith. I thought that I believed in God until I got that news. And I realized I didn't have half of the faith that I thought I did. Mm. I wow. had faith as long as things were going pretty well. Okay. And okay. I realized that I believed in what was right in front of me. And so I started listening. I, I went to sleep. I had a friend who sent me some links and she said, start, just start listening to the word while you're asleep. If you're too weak, if you don't feel like reading, just listen to it. And I started to do that. And I started to, um, they say the Lord is always with us. Mm-hmm. And that's something else we talk about, but what does it feel like? What does it look like? Right, right. And, and so I said, okay. I started talking to the Lord. I started talking to Jesus. And when I was in the, 
the at the hospital getting my chemo treatment mm-hmm. when I was in my bedroom at night mm-hmm. I was just talking mm-hmm. to the to, to the father over and over again and then I guess came after about three months I there was a change I I went from just talking to being in a conversation okay <clears throat> and I began to to weed out certain people. Okay. I began to weed out certain organizations. And what made me make the, the, the decision is because I was talking to the Lord and I said, I just want peace. I don't feel peaceful. And so he, he said, there's some things that you have to give up. They are very familiar to you. Mm but that doesn't mean it's good for you. And if there yes. is something that you think about and whenever you think about it or whenever you think about that person, you experience anxiety, you experience doubt, you experience fear, your peace is disturbed. Mm. And we all know that that disturbance will manifest in physical conditions that are not good. So you're going to have to let go and you can't be afraid. And I cried, oh my goodness, I cried because there were some people that I had to let go of that I was so accustomed to being around. And I had to finally admit I'm in some toxic relationships. Okay, okay. And I removed myself. Mm -hmm. And even when it came to to, uh, the the. I'm, I'm going to call it the dating aspect of it I, for lack of better term, because I still I, this going out on dates during COVID thing was something yes. different, but just the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Just the conversation. There were some uh, that I spoke to and I just, there was something that just wasn't peaceful about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was a, a push and, a pull and uneasiness. And I began to use peace as my measurement for all relationships. Wow. Whether romantic, whether platonic, whether uh, biological. Mm. Yeah, which is a big one, which is a big one, a biological relationship. Yeah. And I started peeling off layers, Kame, just peeling off layers. And so... I began also to see a change in, in my body's response. Mm. Uh, There's so many different things. I almost need three hours to talk <laughs> about it because yeah. I, you know, I went, I was going through the chemo and not seeing a change, not seeing a change, not seeing a change. I went through four different chemos and I was trying to uh, maintain my faith and at some point I was able to do that. And I was able to say, I don't care. I don't care what the the test results are saying. I don't care that it appears this isn't working. I know, I know what God is capable of doing. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't talking to a lot of people because I didn't want negative energy in in my head. I didn't want people to pity me Mm -hmm. because it wasn't about a pity party at all. Mm-hmm. I just needed uh, support and time to talk and pray sometimes. So, but I saw a change. I started taking some natural teas that were recommended okay. daily 
they weren't they weren't pretty. Some of them you mix blue and green and come up with this <laughs> ugly purple. But I drank them. <laughs> and between that, finally understanding what it meant and how it was to have faith and having some people who just really supported me. And let me pause here parenthetically and say, I feel that a lot of times African-American men get a bad rap. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I had some kings. I've had some kings who just supported me, including my two brothers. But I had a couple of guys who really wanted more out of the relationship. And I said, well, no, but my heart is over here with this person, even uh -huh. though... I don't think he's responding, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, and then when the diagnosis came, they stayed mm. and, uh, there were, there were three of them and two of them are now in relationships with, with other women. And mm -hmm. I've met the women and I'm just happy for them, but they stayed, they, it would take me one travel, seven hours round trip, sometimes twice a week to take me to my appointments because I couldn't drive myself mm. and they would send uh, flowers. They'd send cards and um, just no pressure. There was no pressure to have sex. Mm -hmm. There was no, you owe this to me. I just honestly felt loved and supported. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt at peace in their presence. Yeah. Key, key point there. Key point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in their presence doesn't necessarily mean in person, but I mean, in the, on the telephone or whatever. Right. In, in interacting with them, having in, them in, in your life. In, that is absolutely correct. Yeah. Because the person this, doesn't have to be with you in person physically uh, to disrupt your peace. <laughs> that, oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I wanted to live. Mm. I wanted to live. And so I didn't know who could give that to me mm -hmm. besides the Lord, especially if the doctors were saying, well, you know, we can talk about how to extend you, how long we can extend your life, maybe a couple of years. So I, en I ended up going through all of these different phases. And when I got to the point, miraculously, Mm -hmm. where I felt so more peace than I had ever felt in my life, Kame. Okay. I, I felt this warm glow. Just, I felt surrounded and just comforted. And I went for a test and I didn't know what to expect. I thought maybe this time I'm going to see a maybe a 25% improvement. And I talked to God and I said, I believe in you. I trust you so much. Mm -hmm. You know me, I'm a little hard headed. <laughs> so could you just show me a little bit of something? <laughs> yes. And yes. then I went and they said, 87% mm -hmm. of the cancer cells are just gone. And he said, I'm amazed. I, I cannot believe this. Wow. Yeah. I'm sitting there smiling and I'm thinking I can believe it. <laughs> yeah. <Father>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I will share with you, Mama Nanette. Um, there are so many people who love you. There are so many daughters around the world 
that love you, that are here for you, that are here to support you. You, you support us. We are your daughters. You know, you withhold so much of yourself when you're pouring into all of us and God has given it back to you. He has given it right back to you, what you have given to so many women for so many years, for decades, for decades, unselfishly. Um, you want to see women in their own righteous greatness and you give that to us and God simply gave it back to you. So amen. I'm so uh, moved that God did what he did with you. You know, it was no accident at all. And you, you have to be here, Nanette. You've got a lot more Queens to make. (laughs) Your job is not finished here with us at all. We, you know, we might be Queens today, but we might, you know, our little tendencies tomorrow, we need you to get us back on track. (laughs) Yes. You know, Um, thank you for that. And he told me, you know, he said, uh, your time is not up. Yeah. And yeah. Um, a scripture came to, to my mind. I, I don't remember. I'm bad at remember the books and the chapters, but I remember the scriptures. And it said, um, after you have suffered for a little while, you'll be saved from destruction and you'll be able to continue your, your life. But yeah. he did speak to me and said that your time is not up. And then I started doing something different because when I prayed previously to that, a lot of times I would say thank you, but I prayed for things. I prayed for this. I need for this to happen. Will you give me this? Can you get me through that? And then I began to pray, Father, what can I do for you? What is it that you need from me? What can I do to make you smile? What can I do to help a child of yours that you need help, that needs help, and you feel that I can do something? Talk to me. Wow. And so, so in this in this time of this news and your treatment and this, you know, journey that you're moving through, you're asking, what can I do for you? Instead of saying, do this for me, please do this for me. You know, like you were saying, please help me get through this. Me, me, you know, me, Mm -hmm. help me, help me, help Mm -hmm. me. You actually got to a place where you said, what can I do to help or who can I help? Yes. Wow. Yes. And then I also said, um, with this, uh, a gentleman, Mario, we'll call him Mario. Yes, Mario, (laughs) Mario, the Italian stallion, Mario. Yes. (laughs) Oh, look at that big old smile on your face when you talk about Mario. (laughs) Oh my, he makes my heart flutter. But uh, and I talked to the Lord about him Mm -hmm. because um, he he wasn't interested. And so I said, look, this is my heart. This is, this is where I want to be. But father, if this is not the person that you need for me to be with, I'm going to cry and sling snot, (laughs) but (laughs) then show me who you have for me Mm. because I want to be within your will. Yes. Yes. And just like you sacrificed your son for us, all of us. So certainly if there's something that I want, 
but you need for me to go in another direction, I can make that sacrifice. Mm. Wow. And I meant it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Mario's heart towards me started to change. Okay. In a positive direction. Yeah, he he wasn't gonna win that that uh that competition <laughs> with the Lord at all. <laughs> he was he was he was he lost from the beginning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but one. But yes. one. And what what a crown he received. Aww. What a crown he has received. We love you so much, Mama Nanette. And I, I apologize for you know my emotions. Um I know the women. I love you, Kame. Yes, I love you too. I love you too. I know the women whose lives you've changed. I know women whose, uh, you know, the trajectory of their life has changed because they've met you and they've, they have, uh, they have trained with you. They have learned from you. They, they have mentored with you. They've been coached by you and the journey and the direction of their life um, is, has taken a 180 degree turn because of you. And if, if, if Mario doesn't know yet, <laughs> he's going to learn <laughs> that, you know, the queen maker, um, is also a king maker oh. is also a king maker. Um, you know, perhaps another brand for you, right? <laughs> you <can> start coaching, <laughs> you know, these young men are our brothers and fathers, uh, you know, how to be kings to their queens, right? Because we definitely need more kings um, in, in our communities around the world, for sure. Look, and we have the, we have the male division for yes. the pageant. Yeah, yeah. Talk about yes. that a little bit. Let, let's talk about that. That's brand new for Miss <laughs> Plus World. Um, we now have- um, Mr. World Intercontinental. Yeah. So talk about that. How did that develop? That developed, Constance and I spoke about it and we said we wanted to do something that was different. And uh, I've had pageants for little girls before and they're just as precious as they can be. Yes, yes. You have to deal with the parents. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I was blessed. I really didn't have any crazy parents, but yeah. still you have to deal with the parents a lot. Yeah. And so actually I kept, Constance came up with the idea for the male part of the pageant. I, and yeah. I said a division, it's really not a division because it's not for plus size. There's no size limit on it. It's, it's just a, it's a standard pageant. For men. But yes. <laughs> and just like we had the desire to um, share cultural diversity and to help foster an appreciation for different cultures among women, then we have that same desire for the men. Yes, yes. You know, mm -hmm. um, Constance reached out to me <clears throat> very early on, <clears throat> excuse me, before uh, the, the announcement was made uh, for Mr. Intercontinental. And, uh, you know, shared with me that you, you were launching, you know, this, this part of the pageant. And um, I had, had shared it with my husband. And, you know, I, I, my husband has an amazing story. Um, he is, um, he has survived just the unimaginable. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think society paints this picture that men need to be, you know, they need to be macho and they need to be, yes. you know, kind of, you know, somewhat hard and calloused and, and, you know, just get through it and just do it and just, you know, kind of suck it up and, you know, be a man and, you know, not, not cry or not have emotions and, um, you know, just be the man of the house and lead and, you know, like really the weight of the world on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, men lack the support system, if you will, that women have, uh, because women, you know, will share their story. Society accepts, you know, that transparency, um, you know, m- with empathy and compassion uh, with women. But when it comes to men, it, it's, you know, the standard is different. Mm-hmm. And so we, we don't have men listening to male testimonies of, of survival, of overcoming, um, you know, of, of, of being institutionalized and getting out and, you know, changing the trajectory of their life and not going back to being institutionalized. Um, and so, you know, where do men go for this? Where do they go for this direction? Where do they go for this conversation? Uh, where do they go for the support when they maybe have fallen and made a mistake? you know, and they're dealing mm-hmm. with it now, where, where do they go? So, um, congratulations on that aspect of the pageant. Let's talk about that for anyone that's watching, uh, the interview, uh, you can go to miss plus dot world and yes. find all the information, um, on the pageant. Um, we're currently taking applications, uh, for titles. Um, so give us some dates, Mama Nanette, and uh, okay. the areas of competition for Mr. Intercontinental. So Mr. World Intercontinental will be held March 10th through 12th in Houston, Texas at the Houston North Sheraton at George Bush International uh, Intercontinental Airport. Indeed. <laughs> and the, well there are four there. divisions. The divisions are all weighted at 25% the categories of competition, and it's formal attire, denim attire, dressy or casual, national costume, and panel interview. Yeah, good luck to all the the princes out there who are competing uh, for that king title. Have we made an announcement of any competing delegates that that MPW has yet? We have, we've uh, announced them through Facebook and Ariel has made some announcements and we're getting ready to make our last group of announcements in about two weeks. In about two weeks. Okay. Yes. So uh, who, who, who can we, you know, announce that's competing in that uh, pageant? Who do we have so far? In the Mr. Yes. Or both? No, in Mr. World Intercontinental. We have uh, Jermaine's. Uh, we have Jermaine Smith, we have uh, Daquan, we have Anthony. I haven't memorized all of the last names yet. <laughs> we have a we have Deshaun, and we have uh, Demarcus. Uh, did I see? And Raphael? we have Raphael. I was just gonna say shout out mm-hmm. to Raphael. And I saw we his have announcement. Sh- and Shafona Lee. Okay. That's a so great, that's a great have, roster. Yes. That's some stiff competition mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, we I'm, have um, St. Lucia. We have Bahamas. We have U.S. Virgin Islands. We have Cuba. We have uh, USA and America. 
Wonderful. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Again, for those of you watching, um, if you're interested in competing in Mr. World Intercontinental or Miss Plus World, Miss Plus Intercontinental, go to the website, Miss Plus. www.missplus.world. Yeah. And you will find all of the information. Um, I will tell you um, your your fees for uh, competing in the pageant actually do cover uh, your hotel and, and some accommodations uh, for pageant weekend, uh, which is a wonderful, wonderful benefit that it's packaged in a way that makes it affordable and convenient for anyone from any country around the world to compete. Uh, Mom and Annette, in closing, this has been a, a, a little longer interview than we normally do. Mm -hmm. um, but we definitely wanted to highlight, you know, your testimony here today. And as you said, you know, we could take three hours uh, to, to really get into the depths of, you know, what you just overcame. But in closing, what will you leave our audience with when it comes to peace in their life? What would you tell our audience um, who will watch this interview when they're really hearing what you're saying, they're really considering the peace in their life um, and maybe what's manifesting within them, um, you know, physically, emotionally, mm -hmm. internally. And there, our conversation has really, you know, stirred their spirit and they're actually hearing you right mm -hmm. now. What message do you want to leave with them? I would like to tell them to maintain their faith and to pay attention to those tenants that go with faith. You can't have the faith unless you have the support underneath that bridge so that you need virtue and character that ties into how you are treating people. You have to have the tenant of love, honest love, loving people and, and uh, treating people as you would have them to treat them and help them if you can help them. You, and you have to have the, the, the tenet of giving. You have to take the focus off of you all the time and start thinking about what is it that I can do to serve and then let go of, of anything that is toxic. And it's, it, when, you know, when you hear it at times, it just seems like words, but I'm right. telling you, it makes a difference in your physical and your mental health. Yes. And then you have to continue to focus on what you can do to serve others because mm -hmm. you'd be surprised at how much peace that brings to you. Yeah. And the more you give, the more you receive. Yes. You're not doing it to receive, but you'll find out that what you give doesn't even come close to what you are going to get in return. Right. Right. And then I want to say to, and I'll speak specifically, well, I'll speak to ladies and men, but I'm a lady. Okay. So specifically to ladies, if you have a prognosis that is, devastating, um, acute, chronic, terminal, whatever. Mm -hmm. Do not think that that is going to prevent you from finding love and don't feel like no one is going to want me because I'm broken in this way. Mm 
because that's what I thought. Mm. And God showed me, little girl, you mm-hmm. just don't know. Watch what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Such, such a, I mean, just wondrousness, right? Just the yes. wonder of it. And, you know, have some, cherish your friends, just cherish people, give love, receive love, enjoy life. And what about to the kings around the world? We want them to hear this message loud and clear. <laughs> In fact, share this video right now. Share this in your interview. If you are on Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, uh, YouTube, watching this video, share this message with a king in your life that you know needs to hear this. And then if you need, if, if you need support and sometimes people are uncomfortable, they're in situations and they don't really want to talk to someone that they're too close to, Mm -hmm. they're still trying to struggle with it. Mm -hmm. Then I am email me pageant director spelled out pageant director P U P at yahoo.com pageant director P U P at yahoo.com or contact me through Facebook Messenger. I'm under Nanette Weeks. I live in Georgia, Nanette Weeks. And I will be happy to talk you through it, pray with you, just listen if you need someone to listen because look, we all need each other. Yes. And you don't have to know someone and and be the best friend of someone to lend a helping hand and to bless them and to help them. Words spoken from a true queen, Mama Nanette. I want to thank you so much for this interview. Thank you for sharing, um, you know, how people can contact you. You sure make my job easy today. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me, Kane. Oh. I have just always admired you. And you have very much proven to be the person that I thought you were over the years. You are just inspiring. You're vivacious. And I do love you. You are a blessing in my life. Oh, you're just, I'm going to have a breakdown. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I have loved you from the moment I saw you on social media. Um, I, I'll never forget the day that you, uh, that we finally met. Uh, mm-hmm. We were in, in Atlanta at the Miss Plus America pageant. And I was getting ready to go into the elevator and you're coming down the hall. Come in, come in, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> um, you know, the, the adoration that you've shared with me, uh, the, the, you know, the love that you've given me, my pageant journey is not a secret. You know, I've talked about it for years, um, you know, at a time in my life when it was something so, so significant to me, um, you brought it all back. Uh, something that I thought I lost, you gave back to me and I will forever be grateful for you. Um, We'll always be here to support you. Um, No matter what happens, no matter what any doctor may may say to you, you have my phone number, you call me, I am here for you as well as all of your other queens that you have made. We love you. We are here for you. Um, We send the best to you and Mr. Mario, your Italian stallion. (laughs) Um, you and, know. and come in, just let me say seriously, ladies, do not give up on love. Yes. We hear so many horror stories, but your king 
is out there. Yes. And he was made perfectly for you. Do not give up. Do not give up. Yeah. There are some good, good men out there. Yes. They write it down on a list. Ladies. I've, I've told many, many women write down the top five attributes and height and abs of steel is not an attribute. Ladies. I will just put that out there. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Write down the top five attributes that are most important to you in your life partner. Sleep with the list under your pillow. Look at it at night before you go to sleep. Pray on it. Manifest. Sleep on that when you wake up in the morning and you're making your bed. Look at the list again. Your mind, your spirit, your behavior, your actions will move in that direction, the direction of those attributes. You will begin to notice those attributes because you're studying them. You're focused on them. Don't lose sight of what, what you know you want in your life. You can manifest it for yourself. Mama Nanette, thank you so much for this interview. I'm so grateful for you. I so appreciate you trusting me on this platform, uh, sharing your testimony. This is not the last time you will be on the Miss Kamei show. Again, for those of you watching who want to connect with uh, Mama Nanette, the queen maker, uh, you can reach her on Facebook. She is in um, Atlanta and you can send her a message on Facebook. You can email her pageantdirectorpup at yahoo.com. Yes. Uh, you can reach out to me. I will personally connect you with Nanette as well. If for some reason you cannot find her, <laughs> we will definitely <laughs> connect. Uh, you've got some great projects coming up. Um, you're writing a book, a tell-all book that really goes into uh, your past and the depth of um you know, uh, uh, family generational, uh, you know, experiences that you experienced yes. as a young, young adult, uh, you're talking about those things in your book. Uh, so I'm going to ask you right now on the record for that exclusive interview interview. I want to be the first one, uh, when that book goes live, uh, to bring you back on the show and talk about what, what you're talking about in the book. I would trust no one else. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, mom and Annette. We love you so much. We're looking forward to the pageant. We cannot wait. And we might just get uh, Mr. Dunn, you know, representing Panama, Costa Rica. You know, we may see that on the roster. I don't know. We'll have to see. All right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. You have a blessed week, my dear. Yes, you too. Thank you so much. Thank you for watching, everybody. You've been watching the Miss Kamei Show with the exclusive interview with Nanette M. Weeks. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Yes, and Merry Christmas. Yes. Yes. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.